Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. Traumatic events are watershed moments. Initially, they're devastating, making lifelong changes on those they impact. In today's message, it's not what it looks like. Our assistant pastor, Olu, talks about how through God, those horrific tragedies can become glorious testimonies. We're going to go into the word on today. I will share my screen with you all um, just to make things a bit easier uh, on all of us because we're going to be reading quite a bit of scripture today. We'll be covering quite a bit of scripture. We're going to be walking through um, the end of Genesis. So starting at Genesis chapter 37 and verse 14 if you have your bibles and you want to open there uh, but we're going to be jumping around quite a bit which is the reason why uh, i put it on uh, the slides and as you all can see the title for our our message on today is it's not what it looks like now i dream quite a bit uh, and I'm not speaking of necessarily dreaming of future goals and accomplishments, uh, but living in different realities while I'm asleep. Uh, that's actually how I know I'm falling asleep. I start to dream. It's like, okay, I, I'm thinking thoughts that I wasn't thinking before. So, um, you know, I, I must be falling asleep now. Now, for me, uh, that's a great reminder to anoint myself because the enemy often attacks me uh, in that realm. Um, and due to the frequency, of them, you know, it, it can be a, a great source of uh, pleasure as well as pain sometimes. Uh, you know, I wake up uh, rejoicing some mornings because I've, I've just been uh, praising the Lord in my, in my dreams. It's like, woo, that's great. And then other times it's just random crazy thoughts. When I come to myself, whether I'm actually in the dream state or I have, um, I have, uh, just waking up i remind myself it's like okay whatever it was that was just i was just thinking about that's that wasn't real that wasn't real it was a dream uh which can be difficult for me sometimes because oftentimes i will dream that i have worked and done all this work and i wake up it's like oh lord i still gotta go to work everything i just did was for nothing i actually had a dream i was at work last night but uh, today is not a, a work day, so thank God for that. Um, just like in our lives, there are things that transpire in our dreams that are not what they seem to be. Uh, some good ideas uh, and plans turn out to be a waste of time and effort. Uh, other times, like Mr. Miyagi's chores for Daniel, they're unwittingly building in skills that we need for life. Now, the second example is what we are going to explore today uh, in the life of a dreamer named Joseph. God gave him a dream, which was fulfilled. Uh, the road that he traveled to, to achieve it, though, made it seem as if that was never going to happen. And it's a great lesson of the things that uh, we go through and that what we're going through may not necessarily be what it seems to be. Uh, before we go further, let, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, our God, our Savior, our Lord, our all, 
and all. We adore you and we are grateful, Lord, for this day that you have made. We are grateful for the ways that you are providing for us, Lord. And we're grateful that you are going to give us something through this message, through this word, Lord, that will strengthen us, that will liberate us. Lord, we ask that you will please speak right now in the name of Jesus is our prayer. Amen. All right. So Joseph, like Martin Luther Jr., Martin Luther King Jr., had a dream. He was like, I have a dream. He told that dream to uh, his family. He told it to his uh, brothers as well as to his father. And he had two dreams, to be exact. Uh, one was of bundles of grain that his brothers had bowing down to his bundle of grain and the other was 11 stars uh the sun and the moon bowing down to him now the reactions of his family were a bit different in hearing this his brothers were like oh this little punk teenager he's daddy's favorite uh tattletale always telling him what we do wrong and things of that nature oh we're gonna bow to you oh, so so you're thinking that daddy's gonna give everything to you and that means that we are going to have to be servants of, of you no that's that's not how it's gonna happen uh you know you just go on somewhere whereas his father although he rebuked him he kind of filed it away in his mental uh memory banks it was like you know i, I don't know what what's coming of this so that that's what happened as far as Joseph and his dream was concerned. Uh, and then uh, being the obedient child that he was, he went out to check on his brothers. Uh, his father sent him out to check on his brothers. They were out um, grazing the, 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 the sheep and the cattle. So he sent them out to check on those things. So in Genesis uh, 37, 14, then he said to him, and, and the he is Jacob, please go see if it's well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring word back to me. So he sent him out to the valley of Hebron, which, uh, and he went to Shechem. So as that was happening, his brothers saw him coming, you know, and, and they were like, look, let's just kill him talking about this dream and all this stuff that he's going to do and, and things of that nature. Uh, the dream can't come to pass if you're not alive. So they decided within themselves, we are going to take him out because we're sick of him. They, they were so upset with him and, and just so envious of him that they, de they decided they were going to kill him. They were going to take him out. However, uh, Reuben, uh, the oldest brother heard of the plans and was like, yeah, that that's, I can't let that happen. I'm the oldest. Uh, daddy's gonna, gonna put this on me because I didn't keep them from doing this. I already hurt him real bad uh, by sleeping with, with one of his concubines. I can't have this on my head as well. So he said to them, let's not kill him. Instead, he said, you know, shed no blood, but cast him into a pit, which is in the wilderness, and don't lay a hand on him. So, hey, let, let's just throw him in this pit over here instead of killing him. 
some wild animal will come and kill him, you know, or, or something. He'll die on his own, but don't put your hands on him to kill him. Just throw him in his pit. All the while, he had in his mind, okay, after we go, I'm going to go off and come back and get him and bring him back to our father because it would tear him up. We, yeah, we don't like him because he's daddy's favorite son. He's always doing special stuff for daddy. But if he were to die, knowing that his mother's dead too, which we know daddy loved her more than he loved our mothers, th this would tear him up. So that was Reuben's plan for Joseph. But God had different plans. While Reuben was off uh, caring for uh, sheep and in the business in a different area, Judah saw some Ishmaelite traders coming and was like, hey, let's not just leave him out here to die. We can at least, you know, sell him off into slavery. Let him go live his life uh, off somewhere far away. The dream won't be fulfilled. He'll die and, and all will be well with the world. And we know that the Ishmaelites were kinsmen of Israel. Ishmael was, uh, was Abraham's first son. And then Isaac uh, was his second son. But, you know, so they were like, okay, we'll, we'll sell him off, but we'll, you know, he'll be with, with family. Hopefully they'll, they'll treat him right and won't, you know, do him too bad. And he'll go on off about his business and we'll go off about ours. Uh, that was what Judah did as far as influencing his brothers. They're like, okay, good idea. We'll go ahead and do that. We'll get a little money too. So that, that won't be a bad thing either. Uh, but I want you all to keep in mind that Judah did this. That, that'll play into things more so as we go along. So now Joseph is waking up to a new reality. No longer is he the favorite son in the household of his father, but now he is in slavery. He's with the Ishmaelites and then sold into slavery within Egypt. You know, he'd had a, a pretty plush life before. You're going off to check on your brothers who are doing the work. You're at home. But now, you know, you, you've got to get your hands dirty. You've got to to do these other things. But even in slavery, the Lord was good to Joseph. The Lord, uh, just reading the, the scriptures here, 39 uh, verses three through four and then verse six. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. Thus, he left all he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for bread, which he ate. Now, Joseph was, a, was handsome in form and in appearance. So the, the Lord was with Joseph, even in slavery. 
He was with him and showed him he was with him by causing him to prosper. Just because you're in a, a situation of oppression, just because things are not the way that you believe that they should be, doesn't mean that God is not with you. It doesn't mean that he is not still able to bless you in your oppression. He's with you and he can help you. Hallelujah. And that's what he did with Joseph. He was helping him. He was showing his good hand of good for Joseph by blessing him and making him successful. So successful that Potiphar didn't even know what he had. He had no idea the, the, the level of, of wealth and and. Uh, resources that he had. The only thing he was worried about is what am I going to eat? Everything else, Joseph did. But there was one problem here, which is in this last verse. Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. Like we said, he is the first child of Rachel and Rachel gave him her genes. Rachel was gorgeous. The Bible says that Rachel was shapely and likewise, Joseph was a pretty boy. And, you know, he, 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 he had a nice little, little bill, had some, had some muscles on him. And that caused him a bit of problem because he was yet a slave and he was in the house of Potiphar and Potiphar had a wife. And I find it hard to believe, or I should say it just, just in my mind, if you are the captain of the guard, you, you have this, this place of power in the kingdom of Egypt, yeah, your wife is probably fine. You know, you, you, you probably have your choice of different women and Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph. She's like, mm-hmm, this little, 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 uh, little Hebrew um, muscle-bound boy, smart boy, mm, look at him, so pretty, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have him. And he belongs to me too, because he's my slave. Oh yeah, it, it, it's gonna happen. So every day, every single day, she made overtures toward Joseph. And Joseph told her, your husband has put every single thing in his household in my hands, except for you. How could I sin against God by doing such a thing? He wasn't talking about sinning against uh, Potiphar and how disappointed he would be, which he knew that he would. His concern was that God, who is with me in my land of affliction, would be grieved by me doing such a thing. He's blessing me while I'm in slavery. How could I possibly how could i possibly offend him by doing such a thing so he kept putting off our overages and kept saying no and kept saying no and unfortunately one day he was in the household with her alone and she decided okay well you keep telling me no there's no one here uh now and you're not going to say no. So she grabbed him up by his coat and was like, look, this is what's getting ready to happen. We speak of situations where people are taken advantage of, 
physically often in the Bible, but this is about the only one that I can think of where a woman was trying to take advantage of a man, but she had it in her mind. Look, this, we, we're about to do this thing. And she grabbed him up and in order to get away, in order to please God, in order to do the right thing, he slipped out of his coat and ran away from sin. The Bible says resist uh, temptation and it will flee from you. He literally fleed from temptation. His nephew David danced out of his clothes in worship to God. Jason, Joseph ran out of his clothes to worship God. What are you willing to expose yourself to in, in terms of shame in order for God to be glorified? What kinds of things are you willing to get rid of and, and, and maybe you know show, show to the world so that God can be glorified? Because that's what Joseph was doing. If I have to lose my, 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 my coat, if I have to expose myself to the world, let that happen so that God may be glorified in my life. So he did that. He ran off. And uh, as we read here, she uh, cried out with a loud voice because like I said, she decided uh, since no one was there that she could force things because there would be no witnesses. So then she cried out and said, oh, this Hebrew that, that you brought into the, the household, he, he tried to take advantage of me. He tried to lie with me. And he left his, his cloak here uh, uh, because he, he was running uh, away when I, when I screamed. Just, just lying on the man when it was the opposite way. And Potiphar decided when he heard this, that he was not just angry, but he, he was so angry that he put Joseph into prison and not just any prison. He put him in prison where the king's prisoners were confined. My question is this, if this man who is my slave that I purchased tried to take advantage of my wife, I'll probably kill him. That, that's just me, you know, I, I, you know he is the uh, captain of the guard. He's a person of high position. Uh, you know, he could probably kill him and, and there wouldn't be an issue with it. Plus it's a slave, it's a, you know, uh, it's just a slave. Why not kill him? I know that would be my thought process, but Potiphar didn't. Now he put him in prison. Maybe that was the, uh, the just thing uh, to do as far as the legal system was concerned at that time that, you know, you put them in prison, you try them, you know, and then you kill them. I'm not sure. But for whatever reason, Potiphar did not kill Joseph. Now, I don't know what his thoughts were, but I know why he didn't kill Joseph. He couldn't kill Joseph. It wasn't time for Joseph to die. There are some things that we have gone through, some, some horrible situations that we have experienced that would take somebody out 
It would take them out of their mind. Their bodies would fail due to it. But we have not died yet. And there's a reason that that thing has not taken you out. It has not taken you out because it is not time for you to die. There are things that God has planned for your life, promises that he has given you that have not been fulfilled. So even though we may be going through these different tests and trials, and especially in 2020, where we have all these issues going on, all these, these problems that we have. It's not what it seems. We don't know what God is doing in our lives in this time. So and unfortunately, Joseph went from being thrown into a pit to then being sold into slavery. And now he's in an even greater low. He's lower than low. Now he is in prison. He's in, in prison, a brand new low. Verse, or I should say chapter 39, verses 21 through 23 says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand, all the prisoners who were in prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. Joseph coordinated the whole thing, ran the show. The keeper of the prison didn't look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, gave him complete control and trusted him with everything. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I like how the New Living Translation starts off. Verse uh, 21, it says that God showed Joseph his faithful love his faithful love his love does not does not come and go as man's love i was listening to uh commission this morning and in prayer uh before service started and listening to the song the ordinary just won't do god's love is not ordinary it's not just with you in the in the good times but it carries you through the bad times. He showed his love to Joseph by continuing to be with him, by showing him mercy, by showing his great love, by causing him to flourish and to have dominion in the midst of his imprisonment, in the midst of his trials. He had dominion, complete authority, Everything in the prison was under his hand. Literally, the inmate ran the prison. That was God showing his love to him. So even though he's at this new low, being falsely imprisoned, God is showing that I am with you. Reminds me of a song sang by Wilmington Chester Mass Choir back in the 90s, uh, Isaiah 43. And, and they termed it fear not. They kind of sang it pretty much line by line as far as the scripture was concerned, but they switched things around a bit. They started with verse two of that uh, scripture and said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. 
puts me in the mind of the, the, the three Hebrew boys who were thrown into the, the fiery furnace. The fiery furnace was so hot that the people, the soldiers that threw them in and they wrapped them up in, in more clothes than they were supposed to be in to ensure that they would die. When those soldiers threw them in, the soldiers died because the heat was so great. But it did not kill the Hebrew boys. Instead, two things happened. One, their bands were loose. The things that had them bound were demolished and obliterated by the fire that they were thrown into. You don't know what it is that God is trying and will do for you in this time of oppression, in this time of test, in this time of trial. He may have you in the fire to let loose the bands that have you bound, to give you the freedom that you have not experienced before. That thing that has kept you held, he may have you in the fire so that it can be loosed. Not only that, but then he showed up in a physical manifestation. You are not alone in the fire. He may have you there so that he can show you, show enough, I am with you. It's not what it looks like. Verse one of that chapter says, but now thus saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, just like he called out the stars in heaven. I've called you by name and you child belong to me. You are mine for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. I'm your savior. The government is not your savior. Your job is not your savior. Your, your, your business is not your savior. Your investments are not your savior. I am your savior. Once again, God showed his favor to Joseph by putting him over everything in the prison. Though it was a new low, it was yet another example, yet another opportunity for God to show himself strong. You know, and then we have to kind of look at things that way as well. Have the mindset of, of John the Baptist that I must decrease so that he must increase. If I have to go to a new low so that you may be lifted to a new high, Lord, let me go down. Let me do whatever it is that needs to be done so that you can be glorified. Now, while in prison, running the place, he was given a new assignment, which was to tend to and, and be the personal attendant for the butler and the baker of Pharaoh. The butler and the baker of Pharaoh uh, both had dreams. Again, remember we said before, this is the prison for the king's prisoners. And these two chief servants of Pharaoh, one responsible for making the bread that he would eat daily, the other responsible for making sure that he lived. The, the, the butler's uh, job uh, was that of a cupbearer. And the cupbearer would sip the wine before uh, the, the king would. And if the cupbearer didn't die, then the king would drink. 
So he's very, very close to um, to him. I mean, now in a day like today with Corona, we would think, no, I'm not drinking after anyone. But he literally trusted the cupbearer with his life. Uh, whatever happened, the, the Bible doesn't tell us, but they both fell out of favor with Pharaoh. They both did things that they should not have done, and they were put in prison for this. Uh, they both had dreams. Uh, the Lord gave Joseph the interpretation of those dreams, said both of your heads will be lifted up in three days. Uh, Butler, your head will be lifted and you'll be restored. Baker, your head will be lifted up off of your body and you uh, will be killed. And he told the butler, said, look, when you get back into your place, please tell Pharaoh what happened. Tell him about your dreams. Tell him that the Lord used me to uh, interpret the dreams. Tell him that I'm in here on trumped up charges. We see often uh, in, in our judicial system today, people who are falsely in prison. This is not anything new. Joseph was also falsely in prison. And he was like, look, I'm in here on trumped up charges. I didn't do it. Please tell Pharaoh this so I can be out. So I'm sure that Joseph was thinking, especially when everything happened three days later, he was like, "Woo, I'm going to be free. Yes. Uh, 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 Warden, have you heard anything from uh, Pharaoh? Did he talk to you today? No? Okay, well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week. You know, the, the, the butler may be, you know, kind of caught up with some things. Okay, well. Well, maybe next month, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll say something. Maybe next year, maybe the year after that. But no, Pharaoh was not told of the things that Joseph did because the butler forgot, just plum forgot, was so caught up, he forgot about everything. And a lot of times that happens with us as well. We ask the Lord to bless us. Oh, Lord, please bring me out. Please help me with this. Please do that. And the minute he does, we forget all about him. Let us be mindful not to forget the blessings of God. So though he thought it was time to be free, that he was finally going to be on his way, it wasn't time. And that's because things are not what they seem. They're not what they look like. Yes, he was going to have freedom, but he had to wait for that freedom. Genesis 41 verse one says, then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream and behold, he stood by the river stood by the river seven fatty calf uh came out just big nice fat uh healthy calf and then seven real scrawny ones came about the river and ate those then pharaoh had another dream seven plump heads of grain came up and then seven withered heads of grain came up they consumed the plump ones and he woke up again he's like okay what is this this is troubling me. He went to the magicians, the soothsayers, the wise men. He went to everyone that he knew to get a word regarding what these dreams meant because he knew that this was more than just a dream. There, there's something to this and no one could help him. But again, that was two years after the butler was raised back up. And then at that moment, he said, 
you know what? I'm wrong. I am wrong. I forgot. There's somebody in prison who told me about my dreams. He told me to tell you about this. And I forgot that that is my wrongdoing. Joseph could not have been let free before that because if he were released and he went back home or he went somewhere else because maybe he didn't want to go back home because of what happened with his brothers and just too much trouble. If he'd been freed and released some two years later, Pharaoh may not have been able to get a hold of him to get the, the interpretation of the dream. And if he could not get a hold of him, he would have died. Joseph would have died, not fulfilling what God had. Just because you have not been set free as of yet doesn't mean that God is not working. It doesn't mean that his promises are going to fall by the wayside. We must wait and trust that God is in control and that he's got a plan. He's got a purpose for the pain that we are going through. He's got a purpose for it. And you never know, this may be just the thing that's keeping you alive is this imprisonment. Again, if he were away because the famine that they experienced touched every country known to them at that time. So they're, they're part of the world. I'm sure that people from the Southern tip of South America did not come uh, to Egypt to, to get grain and things of that nature because they would have died on the way because of the fact that there was a famine. But the known world at that time, every country on earth that they knew of was touched by this famine. If he were not in prison, because we, we know his, his parents, or I should say his, his family came. Who's to say that his family could have come? And even if they did come, who's to say there would have been grain for the people because Joseph hadn't been there to interpret the dreams and give him what, what the Lord was saying as far as the dreams were concerned and then the direction of what to do. We just don't know what's going on. But we know that God is in control. Second Corinthians verse one, I should say chapter one, verse 20 says that for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Who is the him that the promises are yes and amen in? That him is Jesus Christ, the righteous. There's not a promise that he has given us that will not come to pass. It doesn't matter what obstacles the enemy puts in our way. It doesn't matter how difficult or impossible it may seem. If God said it, it's got to come to pass. It's got to come to pass. I'm sure that Jesus' death on the cross looked like defeat, but it was in his plan to bring us the victory. I know in my own life, some of the, a lot of the tragedies and things that I've suffered and that I've gone through have been for God to get the glory. I wouldn't wish on anyone to be orphaned 
My mother died when I was 17 years old. She was 47. Young woman died, but because of that happening, which was just utterly earth shattering at that moment to me, the week before one of my uh, classmates whose name was Nathan, his mother died. And I can remember sitting at the lunch table with my friends saying, my mother's my everything. If she died, I'd probably lose my mind. I don't know what I would do. And a week later, I was in that position. But I didn't lose my mind. I, and I didn't know what I was going to do. But here's what happened. I turned to the only one who could help me. And that was Jesus. Yeah, I've been saved since I was a little boy. But I would always ask, Mama, what does, what does God think about this? What does the Bible say about this? At this moment, this was a, a crossroads for me. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to go and seek his face myself to know? Or am I going to go about and do my own thing? This is where my love for the, the word of God and, and for studying the word of God was birthed. It brought so much, made me the man that I am. Was it horrible? Absolutely. Would I want things to be different? Part of me does, but because of who I am now, I don't. I'm glad that the Lord did this. I'm glad that he, he, he whisked my mother away into his bosom so that she had to suffer no more and that he set me on this course. John, first John 3, 2 says, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we will be like him. You don't know what this is building in your life right now. David said in, in uh, Psalm chapter 27, verse 3, I would have fainted unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Just because you're going through right now, if you are giving yourself over to God and you are surrendering your all to him, he promised he will be with us. He will bless us because he is with us. And, and whatever it is that he said, he's going to do. Now you may be saying, oh, Lou, okay, well, the, the Lord hadn't really said anything to me. I, I don't know what promises he's given me. I, I, I can't think of anything that he said to me. Let me give you a promise that is in his word. Romans chapter eight, verse 28. All things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Love him. Yes, you're going through. Yes, you're suffering. Yes, your world has been turned upside down. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love him because those who love him and are called according to his purpose, he promised he's going to work this together for good. It's not what it looks like. It's not what it seems. It is not going to turn out the way that you think it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out according to God's plan. Chapter 50 Verse 20, I told you all we were going to be jumping around quite a bit, which is why I put it on the slides. But uh, verse 50, or I should say chapter 50, verse 20 says, 
But as for you, you meant evil against me. This is Joseph talking to his brothers. His brothers are concerned because Israel has died and they think, oh man, daddy's not around anymore. And we did Joseph real bad. He is the prime minister of the, the known world right now. He's running everything. Yeah, he, he might want to get us back. I know I probably would. And he's letting them know, no, 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 no. You meant this for evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is today to save many people alive. Many people. Joseph didn't know how prophetic what he was stating was, we just said that all ends of the earth that they knew about were touched by this famine. So everybody that they knew of, the whole known world was saved through what God did with Joseph. Egypt was saved, Israel was saved, the known world was saved, but guess what? We were saved as well. Had not Judah encouraged his brothers to sell Joseph into slavery, Judah would have died. And Judah had a real, real famous descendant named Jesus. Jesus could not have come through had Judah and, and his descendants died. They would have died if their patriarch didn't say, let's sell him and not kill him. Yeah, yeah, you meant it for evil, but God used that thing to change and shape the world. And just like Joseph, Jesus was sold. Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites. Jesus was sold over into the hands of the, the high priest, his fellow uh, Jewish brethren. Joseph was sold off thinking that he would die. Jesus was sold off for the purpose of killing him. Mm, glory to your name. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. And even though they meant it for evil, the Lord turned that thing around. Even what happened on the cross may have looked like the end of things. It looked like the crushing of a heretical teaching by the high priest. But no, that's not what happened. No, he was being crushed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace. We can have peace now because of what he took in his body and by his stripes, we are healed. It is not what it looks like. Like Judah and the nine brothers, they thought that they were stopping the dream. Little did they know they were just creating the platform for the dream to take place. Crucifying Christ brings salvation to all who believe in him, all who believe in him. And his crucifixion, just like with Joseph, was the launching point. They thought that was the end. They thought all the works and stuff he did going up to that time, that that was his ministry. Uh-uh, no, no. It was after he died and was resurrected that his ministry flourished and went all over the world. So in conclusion, God has a purpose for your pain. You are not going through the things that you're going through just for no reason, just for happenstance. He's got a purpose for it. 
surrender to him. Make sure that you're turning your pain over, that you're giving your whole life over to him and ask him, Lord, what do you want to get out of this situation? What things do you want to bring about? Whatever it is that you're doing, Lord, let me be involved, if it be your will, in bringing about glory to your name. Look at what he is doing. Look at how he is blessing you. Most of us have a, a roof over our head. We got food in the refrigerator. We've got more than one pair of clothes to wear. We have resources, even though we may not have the, the, the job to bring the resources in. The Lord is with you. He's blessing you. As Vernell was saying, this is Thankful Sunday. Be thankful for what he has done. Whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever, whatever is of just report. Think on those things. Lord, I may not have what I want, but I got everything that I need in you and you are yet blessing me you are yet protecting me you are yet keeping me think on those things focus on how he is blessing you believe that it is not what it looks like like not like it's not what it looks like because you see his work in your life god bless you We hope this has been a blessing. Join us live on Sundays via Zoom. Relationship Kids is at 11.30 a.m. Prayer is at 12.30 p.m. And service starts at 12.45 p.m. All times given are in the central time zone. The login number is 314-720-8880. Feel free to call that number for prayer or text the word connect there to grow with us. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. Until next time, take care.